Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that he's enough. Hey, I'm Ann. And you're not going to hear I'm Kendra again this week. Uh, she is out with baby girl about to be here at the time of this recording so Kendra is out right now but like last week I have Will on again my sweet hubby hey Will hello (laughs) Um, once again you guys you can find us um, on Facebook Instagram and keep those emails coming at Hannah's heart at afa.net and you can also find us on YouTube if you like to listen to podcasts that way. Um, We are doing a two-part series with Brother Matt Powell and his sweet wife, Andrea. We're on number two today, but this will end up being a three-part series. So I would encourage you, if this is the first time you're listening and you hear those names, um, Matt and Andrea, you need to go back to last week, to the last podcast, and catch up where we're at on their story. Um, We have covered some miscarriages that they've had and two sweet girls that they've had, um, and we're about to hear some more of their story today. So Matt and Andrea, hello. 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 (laughs) Um, So, Will, do you want to start off for today? Well, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we left off at, uh, well, remind me. We left off. Um, y'all, we had covered the miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And, and I that thi- we had reached a place where, like, we're not going to have any more. Right. right. Like, we're going to stop trying. So where uh, where were y'all at? Um, is there a way to summarize where you were at with God at this point? Is there something that God was showing y'all that y'all... That is a great question. I think, for me, I was at a place of... I was not in a great place with my relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord at that time. I felt very broken and even I would say betrayed because in my mind I had this, you know, white picket fence life with mm-hmm. my little children right. and my husband and um we'd had such a fairy tale story of life. Childhood Rem- sweethearts. Right. Oh, right. Removing the miscarriages from that, but everything had been so great and wonderful and um I kept coming to the Lord with this question. God, if you're good and a baby is such a good thing and mm. a gift from you, why will you not say yes to this good thing? Wow. Mm-hmm. And I just just felt like I was not I was not at peace. Mm. I couldn't mm. understand. And it left me instead of leaning into him and the promises that I know to be true, um, I just kind of isolated myself. Matt and I have never had, you know, like he was saying on the last show, arguments or anything. And we didn't turn away from each other at this point in our marriage, but I just isolated myself. That's the only way I knew how to 
um, carry the grief, which we've later learned that that's not not the way to do it. But that's where I was with the Lord. And as a point of clarification, it's not that we always agree. I mean, right? No, he's just super sweet. A, no, <laughs> he gives me my way because I'm, I'm extra. You know, but can y'all see why we love these people so much? <laughs> but it was uh, it was a hard season because I was in. All right, I'm going to be the man, and I'm going to fix this yeah. mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, um, I think, with some resentment on my part. Um, we've had nothing but wonderful doctors and nurses through the years and all of our medical dealings. And we think of, you know, the doctors that delivered our babies and walked with us through miscarriage. We we almost think of them like family. family. Yeah. Like they are near and dear Very close to, our right. to our heart. And uh, I, you know, if you ask me to name every doctor that I've had in adulthood that has taken care of me, I— because we've moved around, especially early on. I don't know if I could name them all, but I know every name of the doctor that delivered our children and wow. walked through. The, so, but I think there was a little resentment that I had towards maybe doctors in general or, or just the medical profession in general. It was like, why does this keep happening? Like, right. why can you, you this all— This is your job. This is your job. You, you need to fix us. Like, this is the 21st century. Like, what— <laughs> right. You know, there is something there. You know, there's got to be a pill, a procedure, or, or something. Okay. And that is so silly to think that way. I think back on that now, and I'm like, why would I even think that way? They're just doing the best they can. Right. But it feels nice to put the blame somewhere. Right. Yeah. Even though I know you probably knew in your head, like, it that doesn't make sense. But like what we were saying in the last episode, like sometimes when you go through hurt, and we haven't even gotten to some of the hurt yet, right. but uh, I feel like the hurt that I know of, of desiring a baby and then losing four babies, it just feels good to have that blame, to have a reason, to, even right. if it doesn't make sense. Right, so exactly. I made mention of disagreements. One of the disagreements that we did have is that after – the third or yeah the third miscarriage back to back right but after the third miscarriage i even before the fourth i told her we need to stop Mm -hmm. because i saw what it was doing to her and i did not want her to continue to go through that because i hate to you know admit thinking so pragmatically i'm thinking we have two children we have to care for them. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. And we keep injuring ourselves mm-hmm. so badly. Mm-hmm. And when they happen, you know, three in a row like that, it was almost like, well, clearly God's not opening that door. So mm-hmm. we need to quit pushing on it and right. trying to open that door. And so after the fourth one, and that was the one that was furthest along, and we mentioned last week, had to go to the hospital for when that uh, baby miscarried, it was, okay, we really need to stop. Right. Like, the, we cannot do this anymore. And uh, I and I, I say that not out of, oh, I don't want to go through, through this anymore. I was thinking solely about her. I don't want to see her hurt anymore. That's right. just, I guess, where I was in that. So that would have been summer of 2012. 
Um, and so for that next year, it really was, I mean, I was, we were, we were done. I did not even think about having any more children. Mm. Uh, but Matt actually that summer of 2013, I'm not sure what changed in his heart, but he was the one that came to me and said, you know, I really think we should try to have another okay. baby, hmm. which was a huge okay. change. <laughs> Brother Matt's face. <laughs> so, so I don't even remember this. So <laughs> this is, wow, um, go Matt. Yes. So um. like, I, I, uh, I don't even remember that. That's crazy to me. Um. But I, I'm grateful that I, um, in that season, was able to transition are you sure that happened? I'm positive that, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> well, how about that? Um, um, and at first, I was very uh, like, "No, we, we're not, we're not doing that." Mm-hmm. And um, but the Lord just began to work on my heart and soften mm-hmm. my heart. And um, it's like, "Okay, Lord, in essence, I'll give you one more chance," thing, <laughs> which is not how we, it's not how we do it with the Lord. But right. in that moment, but, because of a place of hurt that I was coming from, that's right. that's where we were. Right. Uh, and shortly after, we found out we were expecting again. And this pregnancy was very different. Uh, of course, I was very, very, I guess, just in a state of fear that first 12 weeks mm, as we yeah. would go to appointment, you know, almost sick to my stomach every time we would go in, just waiting to hear that heartbeat or to see the baby on the ultrasound. And everything had been great and wonderful. And we got to our 10-week appointment and... At that time, typically you can hear the heartbeat just right. with the ultrasound or the Doppler. Uh, you don't have to have the ultrasound. And we were in the room, and my doctor is like moving it around, and she can't hear it. She can't find it. Uh-huh. And so I'm laying there thinking, like, this is happening again. Like, how in the world can we be here a fifth mm-hmm. time? Like, this cannot happen. This could not be happening. And Matt will. I was standing right there. Slow motion, you know, you just kind of, Mm -hmm. everything drowns out around you and you think, like, you just just don't even know what to think. And so my doctor being very aware of what had happened in um, our our recent past was like, hey, you know what, it's probably fine, it's probably nothing, let's just go down to ultrasound and see if we can see the baby on, on the ultrasound. And we're walking down the hall, and Matt's got my hand, and you know I'm I'm already crying because I'm I'm like mm-hmm. I know the, the baby's gone, the baby's mm-hmm. gone. And we get into the ultrasound room, and as soon as she places that on my stomach, um, Judah, our baby, we didn't know it was Judah, but um, he shoots his fist right up into the air, <laughs> almost so, like yeah. I'm, I'm here. here, I'm good, yes. mom, I'm good, That's dad, and praise the Lord. They had not found a heartbeat yet, but right. he's like in there, he's like, like this and I'm like, <laughs> yes. okay, he's good, good. <laughs> he's good. And That's and awesome. at that point, I just the Lord just provided such peace to my heart, like, okay. This, he's going to be okay. And then I, got, oh. I didn't know it was a boy at that time, but like, this baby is going to be okay. You know, you, I, I believed that I was going to hold a healthy baby in my arms at the end of that pregnancy. The uh, cutest little blonde-headed boy. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. The most beautiful <laughs> baby boy. Yes, absolutely. Uh we did not know during our pregnancy with him that anything was off. And okay. we didn't know he was a boy. He's we the did. only yes, only that's right. one that, that we is did the not only baby. Really, find out we about. did not know. We chose not to find out with him because, to me, I mean, he was a special. They're all special, but yes. this baby was special because of this everything was life that we after had. A lot of loss, right? Right, and so we did not find out. And all through the pregnancy, everything was great and normal. All check up. We're good, you know, the ultrasounds showed that everything looked great and perfect. 
And so we get to July 10th of 2014, and they place this baby boy in my arms. Uh, yes. And uh, yes. the first thing Andrea said when she saw him was, oh, my gosh, it's another girl. And I said, no, it is definitely <laughs> Not a, a boy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. It is definitely a boy. Well, I say they placed him in my arms. I actually did not get to hold him uh, right away within – what, 60 seconds of cutting the cord, it became very apparent that something was wrong. Okay. Very wrong. Uh, Judah, we came to find out, was born with transposition of the great arteries, which is not compatible with life without correction. Okay. His main arteries were backwards, and so he was not getting oxygenated blood the way that he needed to. If uh, you've ever heard of someone having a blue baby, this right. is what that That's is. What, so, you know, they need to pink up right away. Yeah. And he was not pinking up. He was he was a blue baby. And at, I guess, an hour old, they've got my brand new baby boy, my first mm-hmm. son, our son. And they've got him um, hooked up to just stuff, everything. And in those moments, I mean, you are just like, again, how is this happening? I do not understand, God. Like, mm-hmm. You've given us this baby. You've allowed the pregnancy to be fine, you know, a, a, a healthy delivery. And then how are we here? Mm. And uh, they take him on the helicopter and they fly him up to the Children's Hospital in Mississippi. And we come to find out his diagnosis. And the doctors were wonderful to us there, very caring, at 24 hours old. Yeah, I would like to say something here, too. Yes, She's just had a baby. Oh. And she at this <laughs> yes. moment she has just had a baby. I go immediately. I don't fly with him, but someone, uh, a good friend of mine named Scott, carries me to to the hospital up in Jackson, Mississippi. About an hour from where yeah, we delivered an, him. Okay. About an hour. And Andrea has just had a baby, and I think she leaves, like gets in the car and leaves. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, they told me. 15, oh, 20 minutes after I we left? We can't make you stay. So yeah. I said, well, I'm getting dressed and I'm leaving. Yes. <laughs> I'm going with so my baby. <laughs> just had a baby and she, wow. mommy instinct has. Kicked in just, big time. Just God-given instinct has just taken over and she's she is going to go and be with her baby. So for whatever reason, I don't remember, maybe it was longer than 15 minutes. The, I got to the hospital first. You got there first yeah. before and I did. I, mm-hmm. There's a really... It's interesting to me remembering all of this now because, like I said, I don't know if I could name every doctor I've seen in my life, but everyone that's helped my children, right. I can I can remember. And the first doctor I saw, um, the place they took us was the NICU at Larry Batson Children's right. Hospital. And I had never been in a place like that. Yeah, There were what seemed like to me Hundreds right. of babies. Too many babies. Too yes. many babies. And a place of suffering mm-hmm. for some of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them had already been abandoned by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them would not live very long. Um, and anyway, I, I'm there with my son there at the NICU. And the first doctor I met was a guy named um, Ahmad Sharafadine. Okay. And he was Lebanese, and he is explaining to me what's wrong with Judah, that this is a normal heart, and this is is Judah's heart. And it was interesting to me. The first thing he said 
when he's drawing a normal heart and he called his name. This is Judah's heart. And he talked about what was wrong with it. And then he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, don't worry, we can fix your son. And it was like the first, the time first the moment of professional like, says, we've got this. <laughs> oh, huh. it was, hey, we know how to fix this. Wow. We can fix your son. And there was, I remember trying to relay that to Andrea of like, no, I talked to the doctor. It's going to, <laughs> it is going to be okay. He, he, he is. And there was miles to go, so to speak. Right, but right. that, and I know, um, I don't, don't know if doctors are listening to this. I know you've got to be careful of what you say because you don't want to create false False hopes but for us that was just a monumental moment of like hey it's gonna be okay yeah it's gonna be okay Mm. so when we got there and you know he's just a few hours old and i'm leaning over there and just holding his little hand he's got all this stuff all over him you know you just want to pick him up and hold him and you can't and but i remember a piece that washed over me again at that point and just hearing the lord saying to me like he's gonna be okay like you're 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 gonna bring this baby home he's gonna be okay and i just held on to that I i don't um I don't say that giving false hope to other people in situations like that, but I I just believed that, that God was impressing that on my heart at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so at four days old, our sweet baby boy, we handed him over to the surgeons there, and he um, had open-heart surgery, eight hours mm-hmm. of surgery. Dr. Ali Dodge-Katami. That's right, Dr. Dodge-Katami. I'm telling you, these people have— These people— th- These names are etched in our brains. For sure. And he came out, and he was already pinking up and just looked wow. so much better. It was a successful surgery. Um, at 10 days old, we left the hospital, which is oh crazy to think that you can have open-heart surgery as a, a, a baby and then go home. Within and a week. Right. Yes, amazing, amazing. But also something started there is when they— rebound his chest together his oh, sternum yes. they use steel wire or it was some kind of metal steel wire whatever it is yeah. I don't, I, you know that's not my field so <laughs> but they use some kind of wire to bind his chest together so it would heal um after they had you know opened his chest cavity and so from that point on he was our man of steel <laughs> yes. and superman. so he became superman for us yes. yeah. super judo and he from the get go He'd yeah, I mean, he had already done the fist bump. This was, was made for him. <laughs> he was meant to be a little yeah. superhero. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So during, so y'all go back home to Brookhaven, Brookhaven. right? Mm-hmm. And how, long, how old was he when y'all moved to Tupelo? He was right at two when we moved. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. okay. So y'all were there for just a little bit longer. Right. And from leaving the hospital, it was the doctor said, you let him play football. He can eat hot dogs. Like, <laughs> he'll yeah. live, you know, 90 be years. A Kid. Yeah, just and, let him be a normal and, kid. Uh-huh. And I remember the line saying, uh, because the, this is the way he's been born, he'll have a cardiologist for the rest of his life. He'll oh. see a cardiologist once every six months for the rest of his life. Okay. You'll likely face heart trouble before he, he does. Be, because anything. he's going to be constantly monitored, which someone without a heart history wow. is not it's going a, to be monitored. Mm-hmm. So there was this. Oh man. Man, he's good. He is he good. Is so he is good. he is he's going to be he's okay. Set. And then mm-hmm. um he that boy hit the ground running. <laughs> That's mm. right. And for three and a half years just healthy, so fun. Oh my goodness. That it little was boy. Magical. I remember watching him run through church. I mean, just yes. like Cotton the best top. time. So happy. So when precious. I think about that season of our life, that season was just magical. It was. It was our first boy. And he embodied the boy <laughs> to us because, yes. you know, we'd had all the miscarriages 
and we had the two girls, so I had to just accepted my lot in life was girl dad, <laughs> which I was okay. I love my girls. Right, right. But then this boy came along. <laughs> like your playmate. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I uh I just I just remember him changing me because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm boy dad. Right. And he was everything that a dad could possibly want out of a little boy. Yeah. He just he, I'm not going to say he was a daddy's boy because he's definitely loved he his loved mama. He loved his mama, but he loved his dad. There was, both of us felt like, hey, he's a mama's boy or a daddy's boy. He just was that. Right. That's and, right. Yeah. And maybe it was all that we'd been through with him and, right. you know, I don't know. And the whole Superman thing. I remember the first time when we bought him a Superman outfit and I remember the it was the one, I know you've the seen them at the store, the, the built-in muscles. Oh. That's right. And I remember the first time that he put that thing on, the kid, like as soon as he looked down and he saw those muscles, he <laughs> stuck his chest out like, oh and stood up, you know, more erect and was like, he was I it. am Superman. <laughs> and I was just like, that's my boy. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I, I just, I had never had one of those before. And I, um, he, he just embodied that. And that time and season with him just radiated with fun. And why, why don't you share where, where we got his name? Yes, absolutely. So Judah, of course, means praise for those that don't know. And in Psalm 9-1, it says, I'll praise you, Lord, for your works, and we will remember the works that you've done for us. Um, I'm paraphrasing there. but So that was that was where we came to his name, is that we wanted to acknowledge God for the creator God that he is mm-hmm. and give him praise for allowing us to carry the sweet baby to term and for carrying him through the surgery and just giving us life right. and mm-hmm. uh his middle name is Marshall, which is a family name, and it goes back multiple generations. So, um, but Judah that, Marshall. Judah mm. Marshall. That's right. I love that. So until he was three and a half, he was y'all did do those visits every six months. That's right mm-hmm. for his heart. And now early on, it was more frequent. Right, that, right, right. Then okay. it had dropped mm-hmm. to less frequently. And in fact, one of the one of the big things because we loved life in Brookhaven mm-hmm. and our church we were in Ember Cave and loved us and we loved them and just to this day just thinking about all the precious people that we're connected to there one of the big things when it became evident that God was leading us to come to Tupelo it was very difficult especially for Andrea to think Mm -hmm. about hey can I leave this part of the state Mm -hmm. and go to Tupelo right I mean his doctors are down here like what like and, and he's not just a story around town like everybody right. knows Judah yeah. everybody right. knows yeah and well, it's something to say yeah. about the people when you go through struggles like that the hard times mm-hmm. the people that were there mm-hmm. for you during that time to then pick up and leave just to go right yeah, yeah, right. yeah we became oh you're Judah's dad <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah I am that's Judah's right. dad and stuff like that <laughs> so right. it was um one of the things that God comforted us with is that we did not know that Blairy Batson Children Hospi- Children's Hospital has a, an extension or an office here in Tupelo. In uh, Tupelo. And mm-hmm. at that time, we did not know that. Know that. And yeah. the office focuses on cardiology. 
No way. Yeah. Yes, and no. so yes. once we discovered that, it was like, That's a, oh, thank you, Lord, thank again. Thank you, Lord. That we're, we're at peace mm-hmm. about this, and right. it, it's going to be okay. Wow, that's, I mean, it seems the Lord is always working Amen. all things out for our good, but Amen. even something like that, that would have been a worry, exactly. um, he ended up taking care of. So y'all, before you come to Tupelo, though, where how does baby girl fit in? We were not expecting her. You were not, oh, okay, right. okay. Right. So after we came here, we found out in, I guess, August that we were expecting again. Okay, so. and yeah, y'all we got have here had when? three Tupelo children. Yes. Like all, the first. <laughs> Everybody else was all you know, over the place. Of the and, six, the yeah. first, it was, you know. Something in the water. Born, in, right. in, born while we were at college, <laughs> then born while we were in Tennessee, and then born while we were at Brookhaven. And right. then these last three have been. All Tupelo babies. Total Tupelo, golden waves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Little golden waves, I love Yes. Um, okay, so and that is that is Ainsley, Ainsley, Ainsley. Caroline. Okay, yes. is everybody picking up on the A's? Yet? I'm telling you, that's right. All these A's: Ashlyn, Adeline, Ainsley. Oh, that pit is so much deeper. All of her sisters. <laughs> All my are sister A's. A's. Okay, no. okay. Yes. All right, so we're at the end of the show for today. So we've heard about miscarriages, and now we've had some heart problems, and then we're at baby girl now. And so we're going to come back again next week and maybe wrap up y'all's story. It might end up taking a part four. We'll see. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to Hannah's Heart, and we will see you back next week to finish up Matt and Andrea's story. 